Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations with your host, myself, Jeffrey Stegman. And I'm Clayton Stegman. As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and to share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. In this episode, we discuss mind hacking or optimizing your mind as a way to increase the joy and love in your life. This episode is the second of a three-part series. This one focuses on the mind. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Fields of Consciousness. This episode is the second of a three-part series on biohacking and our perspective on it. We believe that the highest form of biohacking or self-optimization includes the mind, the body, and the spirit for an integrated result. Although we, you know, we often think we have separate concepts of mind, body, and spirit, they are all deeply interconnected. So in these three episodes, we will touch on the optimization of the body, mind, and spirit, as Jeff said. In the last episode, we discussed biohacking in regards to the body. We also included the conversation, the beginning of a conversation about high consciousness fields on the optimization of the body. And we discussed a multitude of ways that people can biohack or optimize the body, including high consciousness fields, supplements, minerals, vitamins, uh, different types of food, different uh, nutritional supplements besides um, vitamins and minerals. We talked about light therapy, getting in uh, your circadian rhythm and alignment, sound, mm-hmm. frequency devices, water optimization, and, and a few more. <laughs> yeah, we covered a lot of ground there. Well, let, let's review though, what is biohacking? So last episode, uh, we gave you one definition a biohacking from a person that many consider a leader in the biohacking field, David Asprey. Uh, another definition from him that we consider more holistic is biohacking is the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside you so that you have more control over your own biology. Our definition a biohacking has an emphasis on the optimization of our beingness. We define beingness as including the body, the mind, and the spirit. This definition of biohacking for us means that an individual, as an individual, we have the resourcefulness in the mind, the body, and the spirit to experience an optimal life which includes achieving and sustaining enlightenment. The word enlightenment can be loaded for some people. We use Dr. David Hawkins' understanding of enlightenment as living your day-to-day life at a level of consciousness of 600 on the Hawkins scale, 98% of the time or more. That means you really own that territory, if you want to refer to it as that. So quoting Dr. Hawkins about the conditions of enlightenment, which is also called illumination or self-realization in different bodies of work. Dr. Hawkins refers to it, enlightenment as these conditions represent the transcendence of the limitations of the constraints of the linearity of the ego and the emergence of the radiance of the infinite reality and source of existence. We're going to talk quite a bit about the ego today and the mind, as that is the focus of our conversation. So another way to think about the optimization of our beingness or biohacking of the mind, body, and spirit is to clear or transcend any restraints that we have to experiencing our full potential. 
In this episode, we will be focusing on the ability to optimize the mind. So we define the mind as our logical, survival-oriented thinking and planning ability, which is concerned primarily about the past and about the future. It's also known as the ego, as, as Clayton said. So we're focusing on optimizing the mind in this episode rather than optimizing the brain. So there's many things you could do to optimize your brain with nootropics and brain training, those kind of things, but we're focusing on optimizing the mind. And in this episode, we're, as we have in many others, we're sharing you know, what we focus on in our work, our personal work, and um, you know, that's part of the foundation of FLFE. So the mind can be very useful to keep us alive, and keep us moving forward. And it can cause suffering by repeating stories of the past, judging ourselves or judging others, uh, and by limiting us to lower levels of consciousness, such as fear or anger. Um, on the positive side, the mind also can help us move forward in our personal work, our personal path of, uh, of development. And, um, you know, we believe that psychological suffering results from, from those kind of stories of the past and stories of the future. So how do we optimize the mind? Or I guess you could call it mind hack, um, if you want to put it in the biohacking vernacular, since it isn't actually bio. Um, so the mind is a useful tool. Um, while we, while we live in joy and loving relationship with ourselves, with others around us, with the world and with the universe. Yeah, so when we're talking about the brain and the mind, our perspective would, if we're talking about mind, we would include and transcend the brain. We believe that not all thinking happens in the brain. So that might be a different topic for a different day, but just to make that distinction as we move forward. Mm -hmm. So we've divided um, six types of conditions relative to the brain or mind, more the mind here, of course. So we're going to talk about these categorizations of thoughts that are often connected to feelings and emotions. So the six conditions are, number one, historical thought forms. As we've talked about in previous podcasts, fields of consciousness and associated thought forms can produce thoughts, both in our mind and in ways that it affects our entire being. These could be local fields of thought forms from intense historical experiences that happened on the land and the feelings that are associated in those locations, like fighting or dying in an old battlefield abusive relationships in a house, things of that nature. On the positive side, we could have a pilgrimage location where people have prayed for centuries or in a place of worship where thoughts tend to be positive, devotional, and benevolent towards yourself and others. These thoughts are not necessarily our own, yet we may experience them when we're in those places. Without the awareness of the influence of locations and how it affects our thoughts, it's more difficult to discern what are our thoughts and what are the thoughts in the environment and how do we identify each. Mm -hmm. So that, that's covering historical thoughts that uh, in previous episodes, we've talked more about this, that the land and the building materials can hold those thoughts, those thought forms and those fields of consciousness that then interact with us and may show up as thoughts in our, in our own, in our own mind, minds and that we identify as our thoughts. We believe they're our thoughts and we kind of fit it into our lives. Um, but it's also happening in current time, in real time. So there's people around us all the time, normally, unless we're off in the woods somewhere, 
and their thoughts interact with us. Um, and for example, when we're in a crowd, um, there may be even more power, especially if the, the crowd is all focused on a particular thing, you know, it could be a sporting event, um, you know, um, a protest, a, you know, uh, a kirtan chanting event or an ecstatic dance event. So, you know, being in that crowd in real time, those thoughts are affecting us and they may show up um, in our thoughts and we may believe without awareness that those are our thoughts. So the, the media, um, you know, like video or say recorded video or live uh, can also be an influence on our thoughts. And, you know, it's similar in a way to a person, you know, especially a live video of, of a news event or something like that. Um, and it could, in those cases, you know, depending on the content, it could create worry, it could be fearful, um, or it could be inspirational and uplifting and really, you know, have us inspired in our life and inspired to move to a higher level with our own, with our own life when we're watching something like the Olympics. So number four would be the level of consciousness of our environment, including the overall level of consciousness of the world. The larger field of consciousness does affect our mind. This is uh, January the 31st, 2022, and the level of consciousness of the planet on average over the previous 24 hours is around 155-ish. Mm. And that uh, is lower than it has been for the most part for the last, we'll say, 25 years. There's been a few months uh, since the pandemic started, particularly April of uh, 2020, where it was lower. And we're in a place right now where the collective uh, mental environment that we live in as a human is lower than most of us are used to. And many people are experiencing a heaviness, uh, a denseness. And it's just good to remember that we are all connected to some degree because we're human. Hmm. And where is 150 on the, that's a, on the Hawkins That's about scale? anger, anger mm. on, the Hawking, on the Hawkins scale, yeah. Mm. Certainly seeing more protests occurring right now. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So the number five would be our personal level of consciousness, of course. That's where we have the most influence over our lives where we take the time to, you know, practice things like meditation, you know, we exercise, um, eating well, all the things that are kind of standard in this exploration of creating the optimal life for yourself. Just wanted to state the obvious here and make sure that we mention that we have our own autonomy and sovereignty as a person. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the one thing we have the most influence over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our, our personal history of experiences, and so we have our own, our personal level of consciousness, as she said, which affects, you know, the kind of the mood we're in or our personal um, way of looking at the world at that time. Um, but our personal history of experiences, which we believe includes this life and previous, some say parallel life experiences, um, may produce kind of survival-based stories and patterns of coping uh, that can affect the mind in the current time. Um, these thought and behavior patterns, uh, they may have served us really well at the, at, at the time of the crisis or at the time of the event when we felt we were in danger, um, even the kind of danger of being, you know, um, being run out of a, a group of friends and, you know, being, having people t tell stories about you or whatever, that those life experiences and those stories can become kind of ongoing stories that we tell ourselves. Um, could be in a re response to abuse, to being bullied. Um, and at this time in our lives, you know, these thought patterns 
may no longer serve us. And instead, they may cause us to be in these stories, suffering, and perhaps in some kind of stuckness, you know, like we're in a, a loop or a pattern. I saw an article to, in Psychology Today about the yuckness of stuckness, which I like that, um, where it's a condition of being stuck in your thought pattern kind of over and over again and not being able to move forward, you know, kind of stuck in, in action as well as in thought patterns. Um, and we also have a history of positive experiences, most, you know, most of us, and positive thoughts and emotions where we can connect to those times in our lives, kind of thinking back on something that happened or it's a continue, continuing in, inspiration for us in our lives where we saw something really amazing happen or somebody transcended um, a difficulty. So, you know, there is, there's the positive as well there that we could, that's a resource for us in, in, in moving forward in our lives. So these are, and that was the sixth condition. So these are the conditions that we see affecting the mind. And um, we're bringing this up so that we're conscious of those. And in the face of those or with those influences, how do we move forward, Clayton, and, and optimize the mind? Yeah, so this is a territory where many of you who take the time to watch podcasts like this have some experience. So these are the ways that we can transcend this challenge that the mind presents. So let's talk about uh, number one first. The first step is typically awareness. So by listening to this podcast, by doing your own studies and research on the mind, you become more aware of the conditions influencing your thoughts and become more aware of those particular thoughts. Your thoughts may not be your thoughts. They may be coming from outside you or are triggered by an intense past experience. So that they don't necessarily represent your current reality. So let's just take a moment well, we're going to take five uh, deep breaths and let's watch where our mind goes with that. My mind went to open your eyes. You're on video. <laughs> yes. Even 15 <laughs> seconds in, uh, in the world of media is forever. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we did there was just to form a meditation. I mean, meditation is a big topic. Just paying attention to your breathing will bring you back into your body and back into the present. So there's all types of different meditations. You can find one that works for you but even a short one can help you uh, interrupt a, a thought form that has a lot of momentum. Mm. So from the observer position, if you can get distance between you and what's going on in your head or what's being experienced in your um, mind, which we said includes and transcends the brain, you will be able to easier uh, notice the thoughts that may not be yours, that may not be uh, conducive to the life you want to create, and that may be connected to a location or coming from other people or a collective consciousness in the field that we're all sharing together. Yeah, I find that really helpful to sit quietly and you know, here come the thoughts and to really observe those thoughts and they come and go, you know, it's almost mm -hmm. like a, 
like the ocean sometimes, you know, the thoughts come and then they go. Mm-hmm. And I feel the, the space and the, between me and the, the thoughts that I'm not, I am not the thoughts. I'm observing the thoughts. That's where the observer comes from. And, and I feel the space or the freedom to choose the next move, my next move, you know, like, Oh, this is happening. Just react because those thoughts are true. You know, that's kind of what we're, that's the normal way of thinking about it. But when you, when I get a little distance with the meditation, then I feel like I can have some freedom to uh, respond in a way that's, that's maybe more appropriate. Um, so that's, yeah, meditation's a big subject and, you know, we highly recommend uh, some form of meditation for you to observe your thoughts. So in the spirit of biohacking and Dave Asprey's definition, which includes changing the environment, you could increase the level of consciousness of your environment. So we, we believe that high consciousness fields uh, benefit all the parts of us, including the mind. And there's many ways to increase the consciousness of your space. Um, You can be conscious about the kind of people that you're hanging around and that they're positive, you know, uplifting people for you. Um, You can elevate your home with feng shui or cleaning and organizing uh, or dedicating some part of your home uh, to meditation uh, connecting to the divine as you conceive it, or you know maybe reading high consciousness books like Dr. David Hawkins' books. Uh, our company, Focus Life Force Energy, activates high consciousness fields in an environment like your home. And if you're new here, uh, FLFE or Focus Life Force Energy is a company that Clayton and I started and have developed to activate high consciousness fields using uh, an emerging technology for that. So the benefits of high consciousness field uh, could include the quieting of the thoughts and stories of the mind, less critical thoughts, fewer polarity reversals. Can you explain polarity reversals, Clayton? Yeah, it's when you go from being positive to negative. Uh, in, in the Hawkins uh, vernacular, Dr. David Hawkins, he talks about going below 200 as a polarity reversal. Many of us just experience it as, you know, losing our temper, becoming really critical. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that feeling of irritation, maybe. Yeah, all of a sudden that person's really wrong. You know, and mm. yeah. Yeah. That's my signal. To drink, that's my signal to drink more water. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good that's a good idea. A lot of times, for switching polarity, we're dehydrated. Mm. That's one of the one of the influences. So continuing on with high consciousness field um, benefits, increased ability to forgive yourself and others. That really goes to the stories we tell we tell ourselves, and to forgive ourselves for those situations in the past that happened and forgive others. Um, And spending more time in the observer position of the the bird's eye view of our thoughts in our life. And finally, a greater understanding of the relationship between the mind and the body, along with an increased body-mind connection. Mm. Yeah, so for number three, I would say uh, uh, being responsible for your own state, for your own level of consciousness. Uh, We are all little mini broadcasters, even if we don't have a YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) The level of consciousness of our being is always sending out waves and we attract uh, similar or like thoughts. We attract similar feelings, emotions, thoughts are things, and they do attract uh, the same type of thoughts back to us that we send out. So if you're angry, you get more angry thoughts back. Uh, if you're more loving and peaceful, 
you get more love and peace back to you. Still strengthening your mental pathways through your thoughts. Uh, The brain can be rewired. It is being rewired even right now. We have millions of neurosynaptic functions going on, just being in the space together. And there's that saying that the neurons that fire together, wire together. So if we're used to being sad, then the pathways for sadness get stronger and we can retrain the brain to make stronger pathways for safety, joy, connection, community. And uh, Joe Dispenza seems to be the the most well-recognized authority on that these days, at least in the popular media. There's, you know, mystics and teachers who've been around for thousands, well, who maybe passed over thousands of years ago who talk about that, uh, maintaining your state and taking responsibility in, in their way. And sometimes it's nice to have a current person using the language of the day to help understand in, in a way that makes sense for us with our current society. So we have thought management practices. Um, Some of you may be into yoga, using different breathing techniques to add vitality to the body. As Jeff said, even if you're switching polarity, you may want to check your hydration. We, uh, We talk about rebounding a lot. We have two rebounders in the office. I think Jeff and I have one each of our homes. That's a thought management or state changing process. Um, You can just start to recognize your thinking going sideways and begin to do journaling on gratitude or just be aware of the things that you do have as a resource around you. Many of us lead lead extraordinarily abundant lives compared to those who've existed in history. And it's easy to forget that. And uh, it's always, it's always good not to, you know, not to take yourself too seriously, (laughs) you know, having fun, uh, hanging out with your friends. That's a great antidote to, uh, to the negativity that probably most of us experience in the world from day to day. Uh, dancing, going out in nature. Yeah, there's lots of ways to, uh, to manage the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting out on a hike, out in the woods, you know, that really does it for me. It's mm-hmm. just observing the animals and just connecting to the land. So number four on this list of, um, you know, methods for, for optimizing the mind is um, recognizing our internal historical stories uh, and transcending uh, them. And that's, that's a very powerful technique for op- optimizing the mind is rec- recognizing those stories and transcending them. So how do we, how do you do that? Um, so triggers or those times when there's an intense emotional response to something. I mean, I kind of feel it in my body when it happens. It's almost like I flush. There's, there's uh, either anger or shame or something occurs that is just not my normal everyday experience. And that, that trigger is such a great clue to what's going on. So, and you know, it often takes either a few minutes or later in the day to go back to it and, you know, kind of look at it again. It's all right. What was said just prior to that happening? You know, what, what, what was the, you know, what, what pushed the button there? And from the observer position, then really inquiring into myself and, you know, we can all do this uh, about the story and about the source of it. You know, why am I angry? What am I, what, what, what's the, the thinking that's going, that's got triggered by that moment, you know, because often there's this kind of a story that gets going and a feeling in the body. So using the triggers as a clue, and then delving in when we have the time to do it into what's, what's behind it as best we can. And as we come to know those stories or we become aware of them, you know, we can be grateful for the usefulness of that, of that coping technique that we, that we used in the past some time ago. 
that, you know, was good for us in that moment. It was protection. And we can just love who we were at the time, you know, doing the best that we could with the situation we were in. And, you know, perhaps at a young age. Um, so we can look, you know, love ourselves back in that, in that time. And then we can consciously change the story for today, update the story for today. So there are tools to help with this. You know, it's some things get embedded and they're really tough to, to shift. Um, and these are, you know, important steps for our freedom from these patterns. Um, there's energetic medicine tools um, like EMDR, tapping, acupressure techniques, and, you know, finding a good practitioner is really important there. Someone that can really help you with EMDR tapping. Um, and they can help us clear traumas and lessen the intensity of the trigger so that the next time the trigger happens, the mind doesn't go into some kind of overwhelming response. You know, what we're, what we're looking to do is moderate those because we may never forget what happened, but it's the intensity of the response that takes us over and, um, you know, has this not, not be optimal in our life, you know, not be happy, not be uh, moving forward with what we, what we want to do to, to, to have the best life we can. Um, so updating those to the present time, uh, these, you know, these old out-of-date patterns is, is the, the practice. Yeah, it's um, it's a journey to get present and to be consciously able to choose our states. Mm -hmm. Most of us have to walk that journey for a while as an adult to be able to be more and more conscious about how we choose to be now. It doesn't, some people have had a really good start and uh, a lot of people haven't. So that's where outside help can come in. An outside perspective can assist us in recognizing the patterns and someone can walk us through those particularly sticky um, frames we have or frameworks we have in our, in our past. So there's lots of different types of therapies out there. There's, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, self-regulation therapy. There's so many types of counseling. Um, coaching has become larger in the last probably 30 years as a modality. There's, um, there's a whole conversation about the difference between coaching, counseling, mentoring, and consulting. But either way, just recognize that sometimes an outside person can be very helpful. And to seek out assistance if you're not able to create the life you want. Mm. That's basically seems to be what it comes down to. Are you able to consciously create the life that you want? And if you're not, then obviously you have your own work to do and you may want to start looking for outside help. And then there's self-development programs. Um, obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably into, into these different, um, different courses that you may have taken. Obviously, lots, there's lots of good stuff to read out there. Journaling, you know, we're, we're students of Dr. David Hawkins watching his uh, videos is an excellent way to, ch to change your state. Um, I actually knew a person uh, that his way of deciding if a body of work is really positive and how positive is it is that he is conscious enough to know when he gets into a mood and he will read a different book by a different author and that's his way of judging or evaluating the, the power of that body of work to see how quickly it brings him out of his mood mm. and to what state he gets. So that was, you know, that was interesting. I was a, a doctor, actually, veterinarian, <laughs> who uh, told me that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I love the Dr. David Hawkins videos. Um, Sometimes I just play them in the background, you know, just yeah. almost sub op, you know, audio, just to just to hear hear him and the feel his field. Um, but we, you mentioned uh, uh, rebounder, you know, which is like mm -hmm. mini mini trampoline, and um, 
you know, that's, that's been helpful for me to, to change my state, but, but exercise in general has been my, you know, kind of <laughs> secret sauce. Um, that's been really helpful for me in lots of ways, really. It's kind of body, mind, and spirit. Um, but, but that it's a great state changer for me and, a um, quieting of the mind. And for me, the, the combination of exercise and a high consciousness feels together. So activating an FLFE field while I'm exercising, um, really helps in many ways. It's sort of an enhanced response to exercise for me. Uh, it helps me go into, you know, a higher state, you know, like a spiritual state while I'm exercising and with that field in the gym, you know, it contributes to that mind body connection, as we said earlier, so that, um, you know, I'm kind of consciously being in the state for exercise, you know, I'm, I'm moving to the next level with the exercise or whatever I'm doing. And, you know, there's that, um, really being conscious of what the mind's doing while I'm, while I'm exercising. Um, which for me leads to higher performance, seems to lead to higher performance. Uh, we'll have tons of data to back that up, but it's, it's what I feel is happening. And sort of less resistance, you know, so you're exercising in a high consciousness field. Um, so the resistance comes, I think, from the mind. So it's quieting the mind and the negative um, chatter, you could say, of the ego, where, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not, you know, I don't look good enough, all those kind of ego mind things going that, you know, those are putting up resistance to sort of doing the right thing for training. It's too hard. I can't do this. Um, so I find that a way to, you know, optimize the mind for exercise is a high consciousness field. You know, it really seems to help. How about you, Clayton, on exercise? Yeah, rebounding is kind of a, just a go-to state changer. I mean, I, was in the coaching field for 25 years and you know sometimes the appointments were back to back especially if something went over and uh, two minutes on the rebounder seemed to be all i needed to really switch gears and i hadn't found anything as good as that like a, a shower sometimes will help a lot um, sometimes really good music but it just came back to that um and particularly the seller sizer was the brand that I used. It just seems to be that every cell in the body getting exercised, going against the force of gravity, having being fairly gentle, having to be close by, I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to even leave the room. I just would walk over to my rebounder, which is literally like six feet in front of me. And, um, and that's just, yeah, it's become such a cornerstone really of at least managing a state while I'm working. Now, mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, in the evenings, just, you know, I don't, I'm not within 10 feet of my rebounder all the time for my entire <laughs> life, but I got one in the office and uh, I wouldn't be without it. One of our associates is a, uh, has a desk with a treadmill oh, on yeah. it. So he's walk, he's walking, he's moving back and forth as he's talking to us. Maybe that would be a way to combine them both. You wouldn't have to stop and rebound, but just, you could rebound, you know, while you're, uh, while you're on the video call with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought about getting one. They've got self-propelled, um, uh, treadmills now they're kind of on a slope. So you're kind of walking up a hill all the time and the, 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 the gravity of the, of the hill, right. And you're pushing on the, on the tread and it just keeps it spinning. So that, that I thought that might be worth trying. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing I, I noticed we didn't mention in managing the mind today, just as we transition to the, to the, I think the, probably the last point is really comparing ourselves to others. Mm. That seems to be um, one of the ways to really demean our, uh, our uniqueness. And it's, mm. there are uh, different programs out there that refer to, uh, you know, the compare and despair mindset mm. where you start to mm. look at other people's 
you know, three seconds of their life on, uh, you know, on a social media post or something, or just even seeing them drive down the road, you know, maybe they're in a nice car, they've got a smile on their face and you start to make up all kinds of stories about how great their life must be compared to yours. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not, that's not so healthy. Yeah. So that's a great mind, you know, stream to, to, to think about and, and be aware of. And yeah, it's, I've always liked the um, comparing your inside to somebody else's outside Yeah, where you don't really know what's going on for them. They look like they've got, you know, life by the tail, but you know, they may be, maybe suffering inside or not, not, not doing as well, but yeah, that's, that's great. Clayton. That's another one, yeah. another mind. Um, um, it's really, it's really like a, um, another thought pattern, you know, yeah. for us to keep up, keep our eyes on. Yeah. Today's day and age, it just seems to be the compare one seems to have a lot of traction mm. because we're a very visually oriented uh, society mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we got some great media these days. We didn't have great media like this 500 years ago, but it, it does, uh, it does provide its own challenges. Mm-hmm. So the last point here, before we go to the takeaway, um, this is, so more and more, we're going to talk about the things that we feel we have expertise on and that are not commonly discussed in the world. So this is an area where we don't have a lot of expertise and this is really mind and body altering substances and everything from cal, you know, caffeine, alcohol, we get into plant medicine, cannabis, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, the whole world of micro dosing and psychedelics. Um, my personal take on that is that if you're going to go into that world, you really want to go into it under the, the guidance of a well-trained shaman in terms of these early mind altering substances People use caffeine to get them going in the morning. They use alcohol to relax. Those can be, uh, particularly alcohol, can be really uh, dangerous uh, from what I've seen in life. Some people find they have a lot of benefits to microdosing, and uh, people have had extraordinary experiences with particularly ayahuasca. It seems that the shamanic tradition of the Shipibo tribe and other tribes in relation to taking people on a medicine journey can produce consistent positive results. But those people have earned that. They've earned the right to take you down those pathways. And um, ayahuasca does seem to be the the grandmother um, plant medicine at this point in time. That's a pretty big conversation. I don't know that we want to have it here, but if we just wanted to at least bring up this topic of, you know, mind, body altering substances, um, the ones that at least I use, I think you use quite often, Jeff, where we use super blue green algae, phosphatidylserine, L-tyrosine in the morning to kind of turn our brains on mm-hmm. just to help get the day going. Uh, that's about the extent of it. And, you know, we take a lot of supplements. But uh, other than a bit of caffeine once in a while, it's just not the world we live in. Mm-mm. So um, I don't really see us going that way, Jeff. I mean, we seem to be, you know, we experiment with more supplements all the time. I know you do a lot of, uh, you seem to be, you know, you want to, tr- you want to try every, th- every new supplement that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and there's, you know, there's nootropics and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, a lot of experimenting going on, but you know, I get the most benefit out of a high consciousness field. You know, that, that kind of ongoing meditation, kind of diving deep into yourself and connecting, you know, with divinity in your own way. That, I mean, to me, that's the, there's just so much juice there mm-hmm. that, that um, that's, you know, that's the direction I want to go to raise my consciousness rather than taking something that I have to keep taking or take more up next time, you know, it just, um, it seems to be just a natural way of the human evolution is through that, these like higher and higher consciousness. So. Yeah. Yeah. When you start looking for things outside of yourself to constantly stimulate your awareness and to optimize your state, then, 
And that road, that road tends to go down a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I find I can do a boost, you know, a boost is part of the FLFE service that takes you up to six, takes the field up to 600 on the, on the, the uh, Hawkins scale. And um, just, boy, it just takes me to the next level of mm-hmm. either the meditation or the exercise or whatever's going on. Yeah, which is like a form of prayer. Mm-hmm. If you take take a few moments to just uh, ask the divine to connect more with you and support you to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a shower of energy and you know feeling of connectedness. So as we as we normally do on these podcasts, you know, we invite you to you know, to take what we're talking about into your own life, if you wish. And one way to do that is to move into some practices and try some things out. So you could, if you wish, um, try some meditation. And there's lots of guidance out there on meditation if you haven't done much of it. Uh, There's certainly like quiet, sitting quietly meditation, there's kind of movement meditation where you're walking perhaps or hiking. Um, But during those quiet times to just try noticing your thoughts coming and going and, and just watching your thoughts or, you know, observing your thoughts. It's really, it's the, it's the first step. It's really all you need to do. It's just Observe your thoughts and they can come and go sometimes like waves and see what that's like for you. There's another sta- <clears throat> standard practice as we're getting into the, to the energetic medicine field where if you do notice a trigger, as we've talked about earlier, where something uh, upsets you, you can notice where that energy is in your body And you can stay present with that energy, understanding that the body, mind, spirit, if you will, the beingness of who you are, is actually attempting to heal you by having that energetic awareness be in your body. Mm. So that is, um, that's a, a, that's a doorway to a big topic on, on energetic medicine. But when you come from your thoughts and noticing the sensations, being present with the sensations helps them dissipate and helps you be consciously in control of your state rather than wondering why you can't shake that mood. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to that than uh, we have time for today, but that's another takeaway is just to practice staying present with the sensation and thanking the intelligence of your body that is using that stimulus to assist you in healing. Yeah, thank you for that, Clayton. That's, that's, that's practice that I do all the time. And uh, it's when, it, when they become so embedded, um, you know, I almost forget to, to bring it out, but that's, that's really a good one. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people. We we have to you know separate the the assumption that when we have a strong sensation in our body that we're feeling fear or anger or something, we're just having a sensation. Mm. There's just a sensation, and the 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 thought that we subscribe to in this world is that there's a shock or trauma held in the in the aura, the body, mind, spirit of the body. And the, the, the part of the body that is experiencing the stimulus is elegantly organized by the being that we are. And it's trying to release that trauma or shock in that area of the body. And we just have to stay present with it to the degree we can mm-hmm. and let that sort of process out. That's, uh, that's the work. Mm. And, you know, getting, getting present with your thoughts usually comes before doing that because we might have to quiet the mind down a bit before we can stay present with the body. And, you know, you can't always stop. The whole world can't stop for you to process out your emotions, but you can come mm-hmm. back to them. 
So we guess we, uh, we invite people to do a free trial as well. That's our last takeaway is to, uh, if you haven't tried FLFE yet, do a, you're welcome to do a free trial. There's no credit card needed. You can go to flfe.net and experience what a high consciousness field looks like in the terms of how we create it with the technology we have, uh, I guess, co-invented. Mm-hmm. And um, there is, um, as Jeff said, there's a boost there. Once we've tested your property, you'll get access to a t- uh, control panel where you can turn the level of consciousness up uh, temporarily. You can also uh, move the level of consciousness of the environment up and down with the consciousness slider. You can obviously turn it off for a while to experience the contrast. And there is an EMF mitigation uh, button that you can turn on and off, which helps you experience what the EMF mitigation service that we offer is like for you when it's on and what it's like for you when it's not on. Thank you for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of focused life force energy for 15 days. If you like, you can subscribe to Fields of Consciousness podcast and please tune in next time for the third episode of this three-part series focused on optimizing the spirit aspect of us. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11, 11 a.m. PST, onward and upward.